Hello everyone, this is Will from Beijing, China, and welcome to this exciting episode of The Missing Piece. While spring is officially here, I strongly encourage all of our listeners to go out and enjoy this beautiful weather, unleash your appreciation towards the mesmerizing nature. Well, speaking of unleashing the energy, two special guests join our show today. As you know, in one month, some of the university students are getting ready for the graduation and holding on to the belief that locating jobs, it should be a piece of cake. Well, unfortunately, not for everyone. And by the way, more people today worldwide are still struggling with finding their passions and goals at work, especially among the millennials. Well, Sarah and Kate are eager to share their insights with us. Sarah Wagner is a Beijing-based project manager enhancing trade relations between her home country, Germany, and China. Before moving to Asia, she earned an LLM in European and International Law from Maastricht University in the Netherlands. Kate Sorella received an LLB in European Law from Master University in the Netherlands and MSc in Laws and Finance from the University of Oxford in the United Kingdom. And they just came out with a brand new book entitled Unleash Today, the Handbook on How to Maximize Your Potential in the Workplace. Ladies, welcome to my show. Hello, Will. Thank you very much for having us. Well, let's get to the questions again. Just by reading the title of your book, I do have a lot more questions, but let's let's go with the first one. Sarah, as I mentioned before in the intro, a lot more people who are still internationally looking for jobs, especially after the pandemic, and we know the pandemic absolutely changed the whole world. And of course, also changed the attitudes among the citizens of the world in terms of understanding jobs or, you know, uh, discovering the passion and the drive at workplace. But realistically speaking right now, especially among the millennials, don't you think they are less active in looking for jobs or they're really less interested in engaging or even devoting themselves to the workplace? What is your take on that? Thanks again, Will, for, for having us and, and for that question. Personally, I, I, I don't observe that students are less engaged. In fact, I have the feeling from speaking to, to many um, students and future graduates, they're actually more active than ever looking, looking for jobs and mm. finding for solutions to get out there and put themselves on the market because the situation is particularly difficult during COVID. And that's why Kate and I are so excited to um, to publish the book now during this time to to give our advice, because basically we feel like um, university does not really prepare us for the workplace. Mm. In university is always about competence and performance, but actually there are so many other skills that are needed to excel in the workplace um, and be successful and, and be satisfied with your job. And that's why we put out there uh, many different tips from how to make your best first impressions, working on confidence, overcoming perfectionism, or also on how to network. And we, we're very excited to, to tell you and your audience much more about it today. Thank you, Sarah. Now, Kate, let's get to the question to you, Kate, is 
I realized there are so many elements that you and Sarah put in this book. And one of the chapters, and if I'm not mistaken, was really educate people how to gaining confidence at work. Can you can you unwrap that a little bit? Because again, I I don't want to sound as a uh, uh, what do you say uh, pessimistic, but it's really difficult to be confident at work all the time, especially sometimes that your performance or maybe our performance are not being actually appreciated by others or even the upper management. So how do I motivate myself in terms of gaining the confidence? Can you unwrap that a little bit? Absolutely, Will. One of the key messages that we put out there uh, in our second step on confidence building is do it and keep going, never give up. And also fake it until you become it. Oh, wow. And okay. now are, we are putting specific em emphasis on the become it because you can, if you will, and you will get there. It's all about believing in yourself and just um, trying to fight the imposter syndrome that still keeps creeping on us. It's a, it's a never-ending fight. Um, there, are, there is research that, um, that suggests that almost 70% of men and women globally suffer from imposter syndrome, mm. at least uh, on on a, on let's say at least once in their life. I, I, I'm a, a, I am a big example of uh, fighting imposter syndrome almost on a weekly basis, sometimes daily, depending on uh, how things go. But it's all about just kind of coming back to yourself and thinking confidence is a muscle. The more we train it, the more we can exercise it and use it. It's like, uh, Sarah sometimes jokes about this, and it's like, uh, you know, training your six-pack. Mm. It's not going, to, we're not going to wake up one day and it's going to be there. It takes a hard work and dedication, and if you fake it, you will become it one day. Let's go to the question to Sarah again. I know one of the, um, also the chapters that, if I'm not mistaken, or one of the steps, it's also entitled called, building uh, or being a networking star now we know that right now every single country has become what, what i called internationalized and also across the globe and just based on uh social media or you know uh based on traveling of course the pre uh, uh the pandemic people love to expand or enlarge their social network but one thing I have to point it out is not everyone can understand how to build network um, and, and also understand without being offensive. So in other words, if let's say if I am the person I love to talk to friends and I love to build network, how much understanding I have to have about other people's culture or other people's history or language and then take the first step because it's really tricky and also it's very complicated. Of course, I want to get the business done and I want to get the work done, but how can I do it smoothly? Now, there's so many different points that you right now refer to that I would like to comment on, Will. Um, firstly, I do agree with you. Everyone wants to reach out to people and, and, and network and, and, and learn from other people. But then in practice, very often people don't know how to do it mm. and they don't dare. Now, and this is one of our key messages that we're saying, it doesn't matter if you are shy or an introvert, 
actually everyone can learn to network. In the end, it is a skill, just like learning the piano or uh, learning to sing. And if, if you change this mindset and you realize, hey, you are not born like someone that is extroverted and, and can just approach people, but it's something everyone can learn, um, regardless of your character and your personality, um, this already opens many doors. Now, to come back to your, your question regarding the culture and the language, I would argue that the moment that you approach a person, you actually, you don't know yet, right? For mm. example, I was living in Brussels. Now, Brussels is Europe's heart. I would have, I would um, work with people from, from about around 20 different nationalities on, on nearly a daily basis. So sometimes, you know, I wouldn't know, is the person now French? Is the person uh, Italian or German? And you speak differently and approach people differently. Sometimes you give a hand, sometimes you give a kiss. Um, it's, it's, it's very differently how you approach them and you never know. So I would say the most important thing is that you always have a very, very positive attitude that when you come into a room, that you have the courage to just approach someone, have a smile, but pay attention to your, you know, your, to your appearance. How do you walk? Mm. Do you? Um, what's your facial impression? What is your? What is your body language? So there's so much to look after, even before you open your mouth, so to say. Mm. And then once you have made this first good impression, and um, with your body language and your facial expressions. Um, Kate and I always say that it's it's very important to listen and ask many questions because if you are not sure what kind of person is standing in front of you, um, you can't make a mistake if you just ask question and show sincere and genuine interest in that person because in the end everyone um, everyone likes to speak about him or herself and likes to share about her or his um, experiences and everyone has something exciting to to talk about so these are some kind of um, first basic tips now perhaps just to add quickly because you also spoke about covid of course um during covid it's a bit different mm. right you very often you might start a conversation over email or over linkedin and um here we basically um give a similar advice that you should just have the courage to approach a person in the first place Particularly when you are a young graduate, you sometimes feel like you have nothing to offer, right? You might feel like, oh, I'm just coming out of university. I don't have work experience yet. Why would a person with 20 years of work experience have an interest in speaking to me? Now, we say um, one should overcome this thinking of this kind of giving and taking and just be more interest, just show genuine interest in the person. And, um, and then a conversation will evolve eventually. Mm. Kate? Well, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, Kate, Sarah is from from Germany, you're in UK. Now, I'm very interested is when you guys begin to work on this book together, again, we are talking about really stepping out of the comfort zone, really engage this cross-cultural communication. Kate, when you were working on this book with Sarah, did you experience any cross-cultural communications in terms of really want to you want to say hey listen Sarah this is what I want and but somehow I I, I can't get it out of my my mind or uh I, I mean did you guys ever I, I don't want to use the word argue but did you ever have to make a compromises or negotiate with each other in terms of really to make it work absolutely will and I think the whole book is uh is just a result of compromise and being quite critical and willing to listen to each other. Mm. Because we have collected originally, we collected 
um, over 70 stories. Wow. And we were just overwhelmed with amazing content. And when we all put it together, and we have been really trying to get to the bottom of the message that also our experts are contributing to the book, but also what we would like to share from our own experiences, we ended up with a 700-page book. Wow. Now, to also say this is not only our uh, effort and hard work, we have a team of 29 people behind us that have been supporting us throughout uh, the whole process because we have self-published this book as we were originally told that apparently we are too young to write a book uh, mm. by um, uh, by a CEO that Sarah interviewed uh, in Asia and and then when we approached some publishers, we were we were we were told that this is a quite a common book which is out there, and there it's going to be just part of many, and we cannot make the there isn't an, a differentiating factor. We would argue that there is because we are targeting um, graduates leaving university and helping them on the first steps, whereas mm. many books out there are about experienced professional uh, professionals moving up the ladder. But coming back to your question, Will, uh, there were several things that we discussed on cross-culture uh, elements. For instance, I mean, I'm Czech originally, but having lived in the UK for the past five years, uh, I've realized that sometimes people find it a bit too direct mm. when you come and say, hi, so what do you do? And uh, how did you get to your role? And can you tell me a bit more? Because uh, it could also be seen as a bit um, too intrusive. So... You need to balance it off and also see from, especially now it has been very difficult. You can't meet people in, in person. I certainly haven't because we have been in a lockdown for almost past year, mm. whereas uh, you two and many more are enjoying your freedom. <laughs> uh, so networking on Zoom or any other platforms is much harder. You don't know anything about the person, what's happening in the background and try to kind of spot uh, some of these uh, unwritten rules, so to say. So it's always okay to ask. It's like, do you mind if I'm going to look down, just take some notes, so they don't think that you're on your phone? Or saying, um, how, you know, a nice icebreaker. So how was your day? How are you managing this lockdown? How, how are you getting over that? Because people, when you, when you ask them to open up, and then learn something also from the icebreaker, you can use it mm. throughout the conversation. I, I can give you an example. There was a call that I had and someone said, oh, I've been, my dog has been really ill mm. and it has been, it has been really difficult for our family. So when, when you can kind of, there is always something common that you have with the person that you're talking to. So if you also relate to that and say, okay, I, I have heard that my colleague at work had this and this issue. So with, with her dog and, uh, I'm so sorry, and it must be quite difficult, especially in the in these circumstances when mm. you can't get appropriate help. You know, just always trying to bring it back to the common ground. We are all humans, even though we are from multiple different jurisdictions or uh, countries, and we speak multiple languages. There is always something that we that we share as humans. Mm. Well, ladies, now I got a scenario, and I also it's a uh, it's a tight question. I want to tie it in together. Now, stay with me. As you mentioned, this book specifically for a lot more graduates and they are fresh off the boats and they're very excited about the world and, you know, especially they believe that whatever they studied in college or whatever uh, the, uh, the lessons they took um, during the spare time, they are going to use it to the maximum, you know. So in other words, 
a lot more people along with my careers. So in other words, a lot more people today, they are more concerned, especially about the millennials to say, you know, Sarah and Kate, that this book looks great or sounds wonderful, but I really want to get the job where I can make a lot of money and I don't really need a job where it's my passion or my drive is. So if someone came to you with this scenario, how would you respond to this? Because I think a lot more people who are struggling to say, hey, I love this job, even though I'm not making much, but I know it can take me to places. But on the other hand, I'm living in this realistic world, not, not Alice in the Wonderland. You know, so I still need to uh, uh, face the reality is I need to somehow make money. And but so how do I balance that? So, Kate, how would you respond to that? I would, first of all, say, go back to your core values. What is it that you exactly want? Why do you need the money? And why do you need to travel places? How this can be reflected in your day-to-day -day job. Mm. And it also means that you can, for yourself, it doesn't mean that you need to be employed. There are so many different alternatives that students are not introduced to at university or any other education you you have the flexibility to do really what you aspire and I would challenge the person saying what is the real reason why you want so much money? Mm. Sarah? In fact, I was just thinking, well, our book actually starts with an introduction on values and purpose. Mm. So before we even start talking about our tips, we heard everyone to first think about their values and their purpose. But the question then again is, how do you know what your values and your purpose is, right? Because many of the young students might not think like, yeah, I'm 18 or I'm, I'm 20, 19, I'm leaving university, I have no idea what my purpose is. And here I would argue, put yourself out there. Dare to embrace difficult, challenging moments. Don't just do what is fun and what is easy, what, com what comes easy to you, what you enjoy doing, because these kind of experiences do not always, in my, ex in my experience, my, my opinion, lead you to your purpose. It's an extra really difficult and, and hurtful and um, moments that in the end might teach you about your values and your purpose and, um, and thereby in the long run tell you, um, yeah, kind of um, represent some sort of compass, you know, that will help you and assist you in, in making goals, in making plans and um, guides you through your life. Mm. Well, ladies, I got two more questions before letting you go. Now, the next question, I realized one of the steps, it's called learning and growing. Now, to me, I think those two words, if I'm not mistaken, don't actually mean the same. Because I think in the reality, some people prefer either one, probably not both, because... Let's say I am learning. That means, if I'm not mistaken, I would say learning, that means try to learn something new or try to polish my skills. But growing, does that mean to grow in a mature way? So which means when I handle tough situations or when I really face jeopardies or difficulties, I need to give myself a pep talk or I really need to encourage myself to get over this and not to get... Uh, uh, how can I say, not to get influenced or impact by what happened in terms of um, the results did not meet my expectations. So, Kate, how would you un unwrap, unwrap that 
the difference between learning and growing, or why why would you name this uh, uh, the steps this way? Sure. So, learning and growing is all about your professional growth. What we argue with Sarah in the book is that you can progress your career by continuous learning. Now we share some really practical tips on how to even learn and gain experience and knowledge for free, such as attending webinars, um, taking some online free courses, networking, getting a coach, a mentor, and sponsor. These are some、uh, key highlights that we discuss, but also some more professional、um, and、uh, structured programs that you can、uh, invest into. So that's all about. Not just、uh, in terms of entering your career, but also poss- possibly、um, transitioning between roles in the workplace、uh, or across organisations. These skills are invaluable, and we very much、um, encourage all of you、um, to have a read of these practical st- stories and also how to, for instance, turn your negative experience into a valuable lesson learned and. See this as a growth opportunity. Thank you, Kate. Now, Sarah, how would you answer the same question? Now, funny that you ask, Will, because within our editing team, we have actually had、um, quite intense discussions about whether we should speak about learning or growing or progressing or advancing. You know, in the end, what we mean. Is that you should continuously in your professional life create opportunities and go out of your comfort zone. And what I mean is is the following:、um, when you're in university, you know you you have lectures, you have tutorials. There is constantly input,、um, often with a focus on hard skills. And but it's this is predetermined. It's a predetermined curriculum. So if you want or not,、um, you will have this input. Now. In the workspace, of course, you you still learn and grow, but it's in a very different way, right? It might also be unconsciously. It might also be more focused on the soft skills,、um, and we want to say that you should be in the driver's seat. You should not expect your your boss or your company to present you the next career opportunity. We encourage all these young ambitious women to to. Make sure that these opportunities occur by by asking for them. You know, by asking for a training, by by finding a coach, by finding a sponsor or a mentor, by doing a learning course.、Um, there are so many opportunities, be it you know alone or with the help of of other people. And we encourage everyone that、um, once you have reached a point in your professional career where you feel like you're no longer challenged, you should move on. It's time to look for something new because you should never stop learning.、Um, because it's only when you go out of your cross,、uh, your comfort zone that you you know you reach this fear zone and then the learning zone and eventually the growth zone. And it's kind of the cycle that you want to repeat. Um, over time, and it's 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 quite natural that if you have been in a position for、um, for a few years, that it's time to move on simply because、um, you have reached your comfort zone. Thank you, ladies. Great answer. Now I have one more question for you. After all the talk, and I realize both of you put so much work into this book, and I always ask my guests the same question: 
after readers reading this book, what would you want them to take away from this book? In other words, what would you expect your readers to understand? Kate. Now, what we would like to leave the listeners with is this graduation gift. We have created and written this book from nothing, and this is just one of the examples that you can achieve whatever you desire. Sarah and I were brainstorming about Unleash today, writing it on a piece of paper and sending each other fun uh, images with how Unleash today can look like. And here it is. We have put all these stories uh, from our international experts. Uh, together, but also our own experiences for all of you to reach your full potential. And we just didn't want to create um, a blurb that is quite theoretical. That's why we have written a handbook full of these, these practical lessons learned and specific examples of people that have already lived and, and seeing so many things in the workplace and just want to pass it to the young generation so they don't have to experience the same. So hope you enjoy um, reading Unleash today. And um, as we say, you lead the way and Unleash today. Sarah? Now, I personally really hope that once these graduates um, or young professionals have read the book, they are ready to unleash and ready to conquer the working world and um, feel pre prepared and motivated really to go out there and maximize their potential, you know, put their energy and all of their ideas into practice. And yes, I know this might sound cheesy, but it's actually what I mean. Um, in the sense that, you know, when you, when you start out, you look right and left and you obviously tend to copy what you see. But we're saying, hey, what works for others does not necessarily work for you because people are assessed and perceived differently. Like as an example, you know, as a um, young, very outspoken woman, you know, sometimes I would be called bossy, whereas I felt like some of my male counterparts might behave in the same way, but then <clears throat> they would then rather be called as um, strong and, and, and powerful, you know, just to give a, a simple example. So but what works in the end then is to be authentic and to have the courage to be authentic. Now, this sounds easy, but in practice, being authentic sometimes for certain people can already mean a rather radical act because it might mean that you behave um, in a way that is different than what is expected from you by, by society, right? But we're saying, and we try to um, make people realize by reading the book, that actually you will excel and be your very best if you believe in, in yourself and that you are your real you. Now, what does that mean? Is that you also have a vision, you know, that you're, you demonstrate persistence, um, confidence in yourself. Um, you don't just, you know... Um, rely on outside circumstances or other people to um to help you with your your course that you really are always in the driver's seat um that you put yourself out there you embrace opportunities um but you also take chances and risk um and i guess lastly also that you are ready 
to deal with setbacks and challenges because life is not easy. And particularly women tend to be, you know, these perfectionists um, that we try to make everything perfect so we prevent any failures or mistakes. But this is not how life works. By putting yourself out there and by dealing with failure and setbacks, um, you are actually climbing up the, the stairway to success. It's just part of it. And and we hope that this this book... Um, helps you de yeah, develop this mindset and provides you with the tools also to, to have the courage perhaps to, to fight change for change in, in society and um, um, rather than, than holding yourself back. Um, and overall to just master, become a master of the workplace and, and um, excel in the way that you want to. Ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Wagner, it's a Beijing-based project manager enhancing trade relations between her home country, Germany, and China. And meanwhile, Kate Sorella is the co-author of the brand new book, Unleashed Today, the handbook on how to maximize your potential in the workplace. Again, Sarah and Kate, thank you so much for being on my show, and we're looking forward to having your ladies back in the future. And on behalf of the show and myself, we wish you the best of luck to you and also to everything you do around the world. Thank you.